What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast today with episode six. I'm host Christian Brady here with co-host Matt Tiart. Matt, how you doing? What's up? I'm good. Uh, ready to get back to the grind of yeah. uh, podcasting hockey. Yeah. Yeah, nobody got fired this week, too. So This is insane. This might be we... the first script ever. Yeah, I think we might just like not do the show. Yeah, we're done. All right, yeah. we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we have a long. We actually have a long. Script. Yeah, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Should be entertaining. Fortunately, I didn't have any dreams about hockey between the last show and this one. We also need to point out, since this is the first time we recorded since last week, our one of our loyal listeners, Will, posted a picture of Smesikov's mom, and she's actually pretty attractive. She's good looking. She's not built like. A linebacker. So, <laughs> the funniest part of this was that Will afterwards, and I know he's listening, but afterwards he sent, check Twitter, uh, he sent a picture afterwards, he was like, what Christian expected <laughs> her to look like, and it's just this lumberjack lady carrying like a whole log. <laughs> <laughs> and then he... <laughs> that gave me a good laugh. And then my comment was, she's built like Zach Thomas, like massive shoulders and he put a picture of Zach Thomas, he's like uh-huh. doesn't look anything like Zach Thomas <laughs> yeah. so I apologize to that entire family <laughs> well, here you go, here, apology accepted uh, because she's pretty good looking, we're, yeah. corre- we're correcting our statement good for her, good for yeah. her I mean, he is only, what, 19, so we should have expected it, yeah, yeah. alright, all-star games this weekend are you hype? yeah, I'm excited, I love the all-star game uh, it kind of stinks that some guys aren't there that I wish it would be. But again, like, Tuka Rask not being there isn't as important because, like... Isn't as important as Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Right. Well, well no, but I made this point about Tuka Rask last year, and that like that's the first absence that comes to mind for me. I mean, last week. I said last year. Uh, he's not going to throw any flair into the competition or anything. Like, some goalies will turn backwards, others will, like, flying poke check, whatever it is, he's not going to do it. He's just going to save the puck and whatever rifle it away be like I'm the best goalie out here yeah so yeah no it's gonna be a ton of fun the best personalities always show up and they're there unfortunately Ovechkin is not there so he can't put on the whatever the big sunglasses and whatever he loves to do put the, but he's usually hilarious in that competition so yeah notable absence there but that's pretty much it not a lot of guys are doing it I don't think guys love having a suspension on their record even though it's not you're not a repeat offender. The the league puts their suspensions into categories when they're deciding who's a repeat offender and who isn't. So, like, nonviolent suspensions are different than violent suspensions. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that it's still important for guys who, like, play the game the right way. They don't want to have a suspension on their record. And also, you win a million dollars if you win the tournament. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, and again, I love the three-on-three tournament they do. So Oh, it's awesome. It's electric. It's awesome. Yeah, so this Friday uh, is the skills competition, mm-hmm. which is I, I keep using the word electric, but that's the oh, one it's word. Really, that's, it's, it's what awesome. comes to mind because they mic up so many guys. They might mic up everybody, and they do interviews on the ice, and they have great competitions. The goalie goal competition is my favorite. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's awesome. So I can't wait for that. And then Saturday night is the game, I believe. Yeah, it's got to be because they're not going to compete with the Pro Bowl, which is Sunday. Yeah. Are these usually the same week? I don't think yes. so. They are? Yeah. Hmm. And that's kind of why, like, the skills competition for NFL is, I think, Thursday. So and they then they do the game on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but. that is weird. 
But yeah, it is Saturday. And this is way more exciting than the Pro oh, Bowl. So. The Pro Bowl is so bad. Yeah. I'm not even going to watch it. This, now that baseball did away with the winner, NLAL gets home field in the World Series, which I loved, by the way, because you played for something. This is now the the most exciting All Star game of the Big Four, without a doubt. Because NBA is no, it's like one eighty three oh, to one eighty. So annoying. Yeah. And the best story of it is like Russell Westbrook threw an alley oop to Kevin Durant. Like, yeah. Can you believe because they, they did have that? beef? It's like, come on. So NHL reigns supreme once again. Mm-hmm. I was showing my roommate. He he can't fathom how important playoff hockey is. And that, he was asking me last night, he's like, what's your favorite sport? And I said, so up here is playoff hockey, and then down here is college football, and re- like now that I'm back into college wrestling, college wrestling, and then regular hockey, and then like everything else is below that. But playoff hockey so far and above everything else. Uh-huh. And I was showing him a video of overtime playoff goals. So like, the one that comes to mind is Alex Martinez's Game mm-hmm. 5, the one that wins the Stanley Cup for LA double overtime like how electric was the Staples Center oh that man. like and that's what he was saying was I just keep looking at the crowd and I said the only thing you can really compare it to is either a buzzer beater in overtime which doesn't happen or a World Cup goal mm-hmm. like those are the only two no, that you is, can really yeah. compare it to every and I was telling him Especially in overtime playoff hockey, say game seven, every shift matters. Every turnover, like everything's oh, so amplified. Without a doubt. Yeah. So I was. He said he can't wait till April for me to show. And him. every time in overtime in the playoffs, when the puck crosses the blue line, every fan in the arena is like, "The game could end right now." Yep. It's the. I I don't know how to describe it. The amount of exhaustion that you get at the end of a of a game when it goes to overtime is ridiculous, even in five minutes. Last year, my Fitbit thought I did like a 45-minute workout <laughs> because of Game 7, we lost to the Canes in double overtime. So the roller coaster of first overtime, then you got 20 minutes of rest, and then the re- emotional roller coaster of second overtime, and then you lose and your heart just stops. I love so. playoff hockey so much that when it gets there in June and the West Coast games start at 10 o'clock, sometimes 10.30, and then those go into triple overtime, and it's three thirty a.m. and I'm still up watching, waiting for the game. To yeah, end. I'm like I can't go to bed. I don't care. That game is I don't. Over. I don't care who's playing. It's playoff hockey. I'm gonna watch. It's it. insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the All Star game. Big news, not really, but no. Chris Kreider replaces Artemi Panarin in the All Star game. Yeah. Who cares? So whatever. We talked about the last man in, so I figured we would just talk about the last last man in. Yeah. Chris Kreider. Uh, Chris Kreider is up for. He's in some trade rumors right now with multiple teams, notably the Boston Bruins. Apparently, Don Sweeney, the report is that he has a trade for Tyler DeFoley already agreed upon, but the reason he hasn't pulled the trigger on it is because he wants Chris Kreider and he's working out a deal with him. So, whatever. He's just a name who's important right now because there are other teams. Obviously, you can use a top six uh, winger like Chris Kreider. Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Chris Kreider, but... He's not uh, the, he's not the big name draw that other guys are. Yeah, but I mean Panarin kind of is though. He he's kind of the, yeah. the face other than Lundqvist. He's kind of the face of the Rangers now. Mm-hmm. That was such a a big grab for the Rangers in the off season. I I'm not high on Panarin. Uh, he he's getting paid like a top four forward, and he's 
He was like 17th in points last year. Yeah. So. I mean, if you ask any guy, they'll tell you he's legit, but I agree with you. I think it's. You have a guy that much money, there's certain expectations that come with it. Yeah. For Chris sure. Kreider, I think, is. You said Artemi Panarin is the face of the, the Ranger. That's definitely true for everyone else, but Chris Kreider's been a Ranger for probably over eight years now. I think he's been there his whole career. I'm probably wrong about that, but as far back as I can remember. So he's an important guy in, in the Rangers uh, program in their club. So I think I think fans love him, and they'll, they'll be happy to see him represent their team at, in the All-Star game. Yes. Drafted yeah. in... Jeez, it's not even telling me. Oh, here it is. Draft. Drafted in 2009. Made his debut in 12. Matt, why don't you tell everyone where he's from? He is from Boxford, Mass. And where'd he go? Boston College. Yes, he did. Chris See, Kreider this is, is a, BS a, because you claim Boston, you claim it's, Boston it's, College. It's BC. It's BC. Whatever. And you claim Boston College. You claim UMass. You claim Providence. You claim. I don't claim, this is, them. This I don't is, claim them. I just. Yeah. Okay, kind of, I do claim them. It's LSU like a, is from the South. It's, it's a, kind of <laughs> close. It's a sense of pride when guys grow up in Massachusetts and then go to school there. Even though I'm a Providence College fan because that's where both my parents went. I still, yeah, I guess I do claim. But I think it's fair because every goal that Devontae Smith-Pelly scores in the KHL this year, you're going to take credit for. for I haven't guys, watched so. any KHL games. No, of course games. you haven't. Nobody <laughs> in the world has. All right. Uh, speaking of trolling, since I just trolled Christian for him <laughs> claiming eight D1 hockey teams, <laughs> Gritty trolls the Astros by banging a trash can during the game. I didn't see this. I didn't either, but I saw it on the headlines, and I knew we had to bring it up. Okay. That's hilarious. Well, first of all, Gritty is the best mascot in hockey. I was so not on board with him when he came out. I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to hockey. But I mean, he's, he's the stuff of nightmares, I'm, for sure. I'm 100% Team Gritty now. Just His antics are so funny. Like when he goes on the ice and those guys are in the bubble thing and they're like playing a game and Gritty just decides he wants to hop on the ice and ruin the entire game. He tips over every single kid in those big bubble things that are running around. <laughs> he like checks people ice. trying yeah, to shoot. Exactly. It's insane. The guy is so funny. And this is just another thing because this is like some, especially with baseball purists, the cheating in baseball is not something that anybody's joking about right now because it's like a game that's built on integrity and like tradition and guys are breaking yeah them. all you see on sports centers like this is a horrible day for <laughs> yeah. baseball it's like it's like a funeral it is like a few it literally is like a funeral and so then gritty I, comes in here and he's like all right <laughs> show's over <laughs> one one bang on the trash can for first line out there he's helping uh, the coach get matchups yeah he's but awesome yeah, that's hilarious and it i think this goes beyond what gritty was doing and i don't know if that guy even thinks but like what he was thinking but that is an important comparison in like Hockey just doesn't have stuff like that. Like, you can bang a trash can, and it's just funny because, like, nobody's ever thinking that people are using things to gain advantage that they're not allowed to do because, I mean, the worst thing that's happened to hockey in the last 10 years is that, co- well, first, the coaching scandals in the past couple of years, and that wasn't a cheating thing. That was just more of, like, guys, like, being too hard on their guys. Yeah. But, like, I was going to say cheating-wise with the face-off circle, like, people – Guys were coming out. I forget who was the first person to do it, but he accused Sidney Crosby of getting all the breaks in the face-off circle. Like, they'd let him cheat no matter what. And at the time, I was like, well, like, 
You're just mad because you don't win face-offs against him because Sidney Crosby dominates the face-off circle. But then you go back and you watch games for 2013, and it's like, well, yeah, guys were cheating a lot more in the face-off dot than they are now. Yeah, but it's that's with everything. It's Sidney Crosby. Like, LeBron gets the benefit of the doubt on exactly. calls. And Michael they, Jordan got the benefit. They'll never change that in, in the NBA. So if you're a play. guy, if you're a fourth-line guy going up against Crosby – yeah, you're damn right Crosby's going to get the benefit of the doubt of cheating. Well, he, they don't anymore and I I don't I don't hate it now that it's gone in, but when it first happened, I think I was I was probably like 15 years old, but I remember being like this is going to ruin hockey. Like <laughs> I was so mad about it cuz obviously one of the more notorious faceoff guys in the league, Patrice Bergeron, was one of the guys who were getting all those breaks and one of those guys who were accused of cheating right off the bat. Um But that's not like but yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. Not stealing it's, it's signs. It's the most minor thing, and that's the biggest cheating thing that's happened in the in the league in the last decade. Yeah. Yeah, but leave it up to gritty to make a joke. Yeah, exactly. About it. Which I think is awesome. All right, uh, we I called you last night, and this kind of came up unexp- unplanned. Uh, I I brought up the Chicago Blackhawks jerseys and how sick they were. Yeah, and I feel like I've seen those before. They were all blacked out with, like, mm-hmm. silver stripes, and the logo was just, like, hollow. Like, just thin white lettering of the logo, but it was still see-through to the black jerseys. I'm, I know I'm doing a horrible job of explaining. No, you're right, yeah. But go back and look at them, and then he... They put their, their normal, like, chief logo inside just a circle that says Blackhawks. Yeah. And then Chicago at the bottom. It's like a classic look. But they are really cool. So they're their new alternates this year. All the original six teams got an alternate this year. That's theirs. Yeah. So... so Actually, and I don't know if the Leafs got one. Either to. way, team's dead. And he said, well, that's probably the jerseys that they're wearing for the stadium series. So I looked up who was playing in the stadium series... And it is Colorado Avalanche, L.A. Kings in Air Force, like at the Air Force Academy, and that that is going to be awesome. Yeah, that is going to be an awesome. Because Air Force has an underrated hockey team. Yeah, their hockey team is very good. Yes, very good. Um, yeah, they're typically in the top sixteen. Yeah, I don't know if they were last year, but they typically are. And we'll talk about that once we get there because I love that tournament. But. Their stadium with the backdrop of the mountains is, like, incredible. I can't wait for that game. It's going to be awesome. And especially because both teams kind of have, like, a mountain thing in their jerseys, especially the Avalanche, obviously, because, like... They're the Avalanche. They're the Avalanche. But go look up their two jerseys. They're awesome. They're so good. The L.A. Kings, I feel like, will be more controversial. That's a bad word. But, like, they have, like, a diagonal line across them where it splits from black to white. And their their lettering's a little bit weird. Uh, I think it's awesome. I don't know why I do, but like it's just a diet. It's I don't know how to describe it. You got to look it up. There's a diagonal line across like the middle of their jersey that splits the top half, which is black, and the bottom half, which is white. Uh, it's just awesome, and it just says L.A. simple on the front, and then yeah, the, so, and the L.A. It's like it's sliding across the ice. Like that's kind of the like the. It's like dripping off the letters. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And then you got, like, the checkered on on the collar. You got, like, just checkered symbol of white and black. And then the abs is a big A with, like, mountains upside down. And, of course, you got the patented maroon oh, and light blue on top. The yeah. Avalanche have, like, these are one of the best jerseys I've ever seen. Or some of the best jerseys I've ever seen. Better grammar. 
but they're awesome. The top half is that light blue, the patented light blue. Yeah. The A is in white, and it's a big A that goes all the way up to the collar, and then halfway down the jersey, it splits the maroon in that the A is like, the bottom of the A is like a mountain range. Yeah. And then the sides of the A keep going to the sleeves. Yeah, and there's a stripe across the sleeve. Yeah. Awesome. They're so good. And I'm looking at a Camel Car jersey right now. Camel Car went to UMass. All right, well, segue into the TSN's top 50 players, the best player in the Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon, ranked at number two. Mm-hmm. No surprise to anybody listening to this podcast that right now the top number one player out of the top 50 is Connor McDavid. Keep in mind, this is the top 50 players of this season. Like playing right now. For the first half. Yeah. So we're going to go over the top 10. Sidney Crosby left off this list. That's because he didn't play at all in the first half. Like, he barely played. Yeah. So he couldn't really be on the list. So we got McDavid at one, McKinnon at two, David Poshnock at three, Leon Dreisaitl at four, Artemi Panarin at five, which is kind of a shock to me. But Jack Eichel at six, Austin Matthews at seven, John Carlson for Norris at eight, Brad Marchand at nine, and Alex Ovechkin at ten. So we both got two guys on this list. My my team average is higher than All right, what's your first problem with this list? So I'll go down. I think my first problem is Artemi Panarin. Yeah, and you I'm mentioned with you. it, but I think you're out of your mind to think that even of the six, seven, eight, nine, and ten after him, I would put ahead of Artemi Panarin. The only argument you can make is that Panarin is the guy for the Rangers, and he is getting it done this year. But yeah, that's my first problem. So what's crazy is like. Number one in points right now is McDavid. He's number one. Number three in points is McKinnon. He's two. Pasta is four in points. He's three. Dry number Saddles, one in goals, so it makes sense. That yeah, he's up there. Dry Saddles two in points. So the top four in points are top four on this list. Mm. Panarin's five, and he's fifth on this list. That's like the only reason I can see. But the Rangers, they're not that good. No, they're not. But. I mean, I guess that's done. a bad argument. Done, so I guess he That's a bad argument, but And I I see tough, Austin Matthews is playing better than him. It's I tough, think it's it's tough for us because this is something that we always do is take into account the past when we're talking about players and how good they are. Mm-hmm. And if you just look at it in a vacuum that he's five on, in points and he's getting it done on a team that's not very good, so it does it does make sense. But as far as guys making an impact, he's way down on the list. Because I don't think he's doing much for that at all. And all of these other top guys are in significant playoff cup contenders, except for him. Yeah. Like, also, Austin Matthews should be ahead of Eichel. Mm-hmm. Carlson, I think Eichel should probably be at 10 on this list. You think so? Thinking about it. Well, Carlson's the best defenseman in the world. Mm-hmm. Marshan is... I think he's second in assist. I believe, and he he hasn't scored a goal except for an empty netter in like ten games. He's fifth in assist, but there's three people tied at third. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Um. So he probably was just second. That's probably where I got that from. Yeah. So I think Marshan's better than Eichel. The way Ovi's playing right now, and we're going to talk about it later. He's definitely top six. Yeah, he is. I mean, I'm biased. But. I mean, I love Jack Eichel, and it's the same argument that works with Artemi Panarin. Is Jack Eichel was up there giving Pasternak a run for his money with goals. 
he had a 10 game point streak that we jinxed and it's our fault that it ended yep it is, but he is i mean we even said that it was going to, no we said it was going to it. and i have a friend jake who listens to the podcast who's a buffalo fan his dad's from buffalo so he's buffalo everything and he was like how come you aren't talking about eichel when you talk about like everybody else so i was like all right we'll bring up eichel first time we bring him up we end his point streak single-handedly so <laughs> good for us what's his name again Jake. Jake, Jake, I'm sorry, but Eichel's yeah, not better thought. than Austin Matthews. I do actually like Jack Eichel. I don't think he's I better. love him. I don't think he's better than Austin Matthews. If, I think he's better than Panarin. If USA was if NHL players were allowed in the Olympics, I'd be a massive Jack Eichel fan. Mm-hmm. But we're not. So sorry. But regardless, John Carlson and Austin Matthews are better than Jack Eichel. So Yeah. All right. That's that's just the top ten. If you want to go look, uh, TSN.com should have the top 50. Or if you just look up top 50 NHL players, it should be near the top. Do you want to break down the uh, NHL.com's best moments of the decade? Yeah, why don't we? So they've been This is kind of like an all-decade <clears throat> episode. Yeah, they've been rolling it out uh, starting like a couple weeks ago. Just once, one a day. They have a few awards that they're giving away. Uh, they started with Save of the Decade. These are in order of they came out. It's not really that important. But Save of the Decade, you'll like this one. Braden Holpe, Game 2, 2018 Cup Final. It is the Save of the Decade. So, I can hear I can hear Doc Emmerich's voice in my head when I sleep at night. Did he say it wouldn't go? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it didn't go. <laughs> of course he did. So <laughs> Braden Holpe dove across, made what's patented as a Reebok save because of Tim Thomas. Because when Tim Thomas against – I forget what team it was against. I think it was in the in the cup final against um, – Vancouver. Vancouver. And he's made similar saves like this before, but he dove back, laid his stick flat on the ice, and obviously it said Reebok, so that's why it's called a Reebok save now. But basically you just lay your paddle on the ice because you're out of position for whatever reason. I'm not saying it's fault. It probably wasn't his fault. But, yeah, Braden Holpe made a similar save where he's diving back. I can't remember if this was on the ice or if he batted it out of midair, but basically he's diving back towards the right post. Yeah, it was an incredible save, and given the circumstance, I can't disagree with it. It was such a weird like weird bouncing puck. Dude just dumps it in, and it just happens to turn into a 2 on 0 So I love it. it. It essentially saved the series because – we were up by one with a minute left when it happened. They tie it up. Say they win in overtime. Vegas is up 2 nothing, going back to Washington. So, I mean, this save completely changed the entire dynamic mm-hmm. of the series. So, not yeah. to mention it was a phenomenal save. Oh, unbelievable, yeah. Uh, coach of the decade, Joel Quinville. No surprise. No surprise. Yeah. He won, won three cuts with the, cat, with the uh, Blackhawks all in this decade. So... Yeah, also, we've talked about it before. He's won three cups, and he was two game seven wins away from potentially winning five in a row. So, And we talk about that later, ga- uh, game of the decade, mm-hmm. or uh, playoff series of the decade. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, if you can't tell with that foreshadowing, they basically have an of, a dec- of the decade for like everything, including one that makes me mad, but we're not going to talk about that until we get there. Um Franchise of the decade, no surprise. Sure, Chicago Blackhawks, Black most cups in time. The Penguins obviously have two, and they were they've been great, but they won their cup before the decade technically in '09. Yeah, so they would have they would have had to be in the conversation. I think if 
everything were shifted up and they won that cup in 2010 and then won the two later, then they would have to be the team of the decade. Even though the Blackhawks went to five, they've been so abysmal in the years after that. that well, when they won three, they didn't because Western Conference Finals. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, I see what you're saying. How many did they go to? Three. They won. All they three. went three now. They lost to the Kings and the two. two yeah, that they didn't. Well, yeah. So they've been to three, one, three. They would be the same as the, as the Penguins, and the Penguins have been great throughout all the years, and the Blackhawks have not. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Is that the consistency's always been there? The the Pens have always at least treaded water or made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, as a top two team, whereas the Hawks have made the playoffs in a couple of years now. Right. So I, I see what you're saying, but the Pens could have made an argument for like last decade, like the 2000s. Because uh, they went to back-to-back cups. They lost to Detroit in 08 and beat Detroit in 09. Yeah, that's so right. So say they go back-to-back then, they could have made a case for the previous decade. So the Pens have been consistent for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it, I think they got it right. Yeah. But, yeah, if, if the Pens Pens are had, a close second. If they had thrown in another cup in there, I think they would have had to give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we got playoff series of the decade. Matt mentioned this before. This is the L.A. Kings versus the Chicago Blackhawks. In 2014, the Western Conference Final, seven-game series. This was an unbelievable series. I remember watching it. Um, this was one of the Kings Cups, obviously, one of those years that you mentioned where five years in a row they were in the Western Conference Final and could have won the Cup. But this was awesome. And I remember this was so profound to me. I remember watching in 2014. This It was so interesting because, like, growing up in Boston, I always remember, like, the playoffs being, I don't really know what it was, but they were, they were doing like interviews with old players and stuff, you know, where they set up their set and everything. And it was outside and everyone was in like shorts and a t-shirt walking around. And I was like, I didn't think there were really fans in LA before then. Like it, it never really occurred to me that that could happen. But like, there are all these people wearing like Kings jerseys outside and like it was packed on like whatever pavilion they have outside the Staples center. And I, I, for whatever reason, I remember that so vivid, vividly. Like, that was the first time that I really thought about, like, well, Chicago, Boston, Montreal, like, these aren't the only cities where hockey's big. Yeah. And that started, obviously, with Wayne Gretzky. It's a different story. But it, that really was the, the first time hockey was big in L.A. was because of Wayne Gretzky when the deal of the decade was made. And the King's Ransom is the documentary mm-hmm. on 30 for 30. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that, go check that out. Because I didn't know much of I obviously knew that he went to LA and then went to the Rangers but I didn't know how mad the people of Edmonton were like they took they made dolls of the Edmonton GM and would like hang them from streetlights in Edmonton and then like set them on fire on game days yeah. can you really blame them though because I mean even then everybody knew he was the greatest player of all time mm-hmm. yeah exactly At so that point, that's had... like the Bulls trading yeah. Jordan in 96 he had won MVP every year that he'd been in the league up to that point. Yeah. Uh, I actually remember uh, in one of the documentaries I've watched about Wayne Gretzky, he, when the owner bought him, they had a good relationship, him and the owner. And when they came in, they hadn't they bought him and they hadn't even negotiated his contract yet. If for some reason, that's how it worked at that point. And they were negotiating the contract, and uh, the owner was the first to set down like a number. He was like, this is what we want to pay you. And Wayne Gretzky <laughs> says, you remember Wayne Gretzky was like, no, you can't pay me that much. I'm just playing hockey. And then he took like half that much. And he was like, this is what you're paying me. 
which is crazy because nowadays guys would take whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, whatever they could get. That's the only time I've ever heard about a, like, a team just writing a blank check for a guy. And him saying no, and that's him not saying fair. No. Yeah. I mean, Brady kind of does that. Not anymore, which is sad. Yeah. Hopefully he comes back. Yeah. So I want to go it, back to the... It reminds uh, me of David Posternock, uh last year. Oh, was it after after the cup or before it? It really doesn't matter. He they were like, "Well, do you think part of your team's success is due to you taking less money? Because obviously, if you wanted to, you could have taken more." And he stopped the guy and he's like, "I don't play hockey for money." Yeah. And then he has a tattoo on his arm that says, "Because I love it," and has hockey sticks on it. And it's like, that's a guy you want in your team. And there are a lot of guys like that, especially in hockey, not in other sports, which yeah. is why we love hockey so much. Post is worth $11 million a year. Exactly. What, he's taking he's six and a half. six and a half. Yeah, six so almost six half. Which is crazy. And Tory Krug has already come out and said, if there's a deal that's fair at all with Boston, I want to take it because my family's happy here. I'm happy here. I love Boston. I want to stay. Yeah. If we don't sign Tory Krug, we're the dumbest people of all time. <laughs> he's 100% a part of this court, but different story. But, yeah, that to reel this all back in, that's a playoff series of the decade, and it's in L.A. I think L.A. had the better record that year. Uh, uh, no, it was in Chicago. Yeah, which is insane because I remember watching this, ser- like, this series play out because uh, one of my best friends in high school, Eric, I kind of like – he kind of watched hockey because he's – all Chicago, but I'm the one who kind of like really got him going into hockey, and it was kind of frustrating to watch. Like, I got him into hockey so much, and now his team's just like the best team ever. Um, in this series, Chicago went up two nothing in Game Seven, and then some drama happens, and then they go to overtime at four four, and Chicago hits the pipe like three times in overtime, and then the Kings go on to win it. Mm-hmm. So, and Alec Martinez, the guy I was talking about earlier, like the electric game five double overtime against the Rangers to win the cup. Mm-hmm. He's actually the one who scored in game seven. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he's the first guy to ever score two game winning goals in back to back series. Something yeah, like that. and he and Justin two Williams game won the Smythe for some reason. So, <laughs> anyway, what is game of the decade, Christian? Game of the decade is Boston Bruins versus Toronto Maple Leafs at TD Garden. Game 7 of the 2013 first round. So that's crazy that a first round game is even in the conversation for this. But if you remember the game, you know exactly why. The Bruins were down 4-1 with probably like six minutes left, I think, is when Milan Lucic put in that first goal. So you're thinking you're approaching five minutes left. Uh, in Game 7, you're down 4-1 on home ice. Phil Kessel scored against you after you just let him go like a couple years before, a few years before. And it's just like every time Sagan scored before that against the Leafs in the season, they would be like, thank you, Kessel, and Chanik, stuff like that. And now he's gotten the last laugh. He scores the first goal to, yeah. to break your back, even though we scored first and they scored four unanswered goals. But then Milan Lucic scores, and we go down to like two minutes down – 4-2 and any of that hope you had is gone and then another goal and then another goal and then Bergeron ties it up and then Bergeron scores again in overtime in the first overtime it was just electric uh, four goals in a row for both teams it 
one of it's the best game I've ever seen. I remember watching it on my couch, like ready to lose it when we were when we were down. I was like probably ready to cry, like about to run into my room and pout. And again, was, as we as we talked about at the start of the show, the nerves are just so high, oh, like anxiety, all of that. Especially after, imagine Patrice Bergeron ties the game with thirty seconds left, and then you go into overtime, and then you lose in like the first minute. Like, can you imagine the heartbreak after yeah. pulling off one of the greatest comebacks in postseason in NHL playoffs history, and then you lose the game? Yeah. Thank God that didn't happen, or I would have been a. I probably wouldn't be a hockey fan anymore. Uh, I, I, I don't really understand like how they have game of the decade, event of the decade, moment of the de- like. I don't know. Well, anyway, we're about to get to the event of the decade. So this is the event of the decade is a 2014 Winter Classic at Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor, Leafs versus Wings. It's the largest sold-out hockey game of all time, the most in attendance in a hockey game of all time. Now, if you're I get that they be, they make an event of the decade so that they can give it to a Winter Classic, because obviously the Winter Classic started a year before this decade started. Yeah, actually on New Year's Day in 2010, wasn't it? Or was it New Year's Day in 2009? You're killing me. I think it was I'll New Year's Day in 2009. But either way, it it basically got its name during this decade, so it's important. They want to make an event for it. They they didn't want to make it Winter Classic of the decade, so. They make an event of the decade, so that kind of made me mad that they're just making awards that they can get pat themselves on the back for. But, yeah, so if you're going to pick the best Winter Classic, this is 100% it. Yeah, 2008. The first Winter Classic was 2008 uh, Penguins-Sabers, and it went into a shootout, which is kind of cool because, like, you want all the drama of – you want, like, the best game ever mm-hmm. when you're trying to promote <laughs> this to fans. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I can't remember the result of that game, but either way, to sell out over a hundred thousand seats for a hockey game was incredible. Obviously, it's easier in Michigan than it would be in, well, you'd think in the Cotton Bowl, but then they sold out eighty thousand seats on a cloudy day and fifty-five degrees. So I went to a shootout too. Yeah. Maple unbelievable. Leaf unbelievable. Yeah, to sell out the big house is a feat, especially yeah, for hockey. For sure. For sure. So. Yeah, that's that's awesome. What yeah. was it like? One hundred and four thousand people, something like that. That's yep. insane. Which is why the Winter Classic should have been in Jerry World this year, not the Cotton Bowl. Would have been awesome, but like that kind of takes away from it if you play in it indoors. It's a football stadium. Uh, it's a state of the art. I know, but stadium. you really can't do that. Well, they'll open the roof. It'll feel like outdoors. Yeah, it's like barely a roof. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a square that's like thirty feet wide. No, it's a square that's like. The old Cowboy Stadium was a square that fit the field, so yeah. I guess the players could feel like the atmosphere, but the fans didn't have to sit in it. Like That's if it was not, pouring down rain. It's not bad engineering. Well, there you go. You're welcome. Yeah. Moment of the decade, the NHL 100 Gala. This one made me so angry that they would just throw this in there to pat themselves on the back. Why? Call it the moment of the decade because that's not what it is. It's it's the gala of the decade. Fine. <laughs> the gala of it the is. decade. Okay. That this is event of the that decade. How about moment of the decade when Brian Boyle beats Cancer's first game back? I know scores a hat trick. Come on, a moment of the decade is at the NHL 100 gal. Whatever, it was cool. It was cool. It was cool. They got all those guys together. A moment is like you bawled your eyes out, exactly. like a like a baby. Exactly. Even Alec Martinez scores to win the cup. Yeah, Bruins first. Everybody 
singing the national anthem at the Bruins game after the oh, marathon. Oh man. Yes. Right? Yeah. That That's was, a moment. Like that was you watch incredible. that video, you just start crying. Yeah. Yeah. That's a moment. Exa- I'm not this chill- freaking I'm dance. Chills right now, just thinking. Not about this it. Yeah. prom yeah, that they exactly. threw themselves. What they get? Chicken parm? Chicken parms on the list? Come on. Oh man. <laughs> so the second to last award, the the last one has not been announced yet, but the second to last is goal of the decade, and this is it's fitting that it's last because this is up for the most debate. Patrick Kane, 2010 Game Six Cup winner against the Flyers. We talked about this coincidentally on the last podcast, where. Nobody had any idea if it went in. It was probably the ugliest goal that's ever been scored. It was just to thrown. end a series. Patrick Kane was thrown, just threw the puck at the net from the goal line, and it just snuck in past whoever was playing goalie. Uh, Brian Boucher, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Probably Dwayne Dwayne Rollison. Remember that guy? No, that, that he was a uh, he was lightning though. <laughs> anyway. This is not goal of the day. So I understand why they did it, and this is why it's, like, all so political. The The moment of the scoring a game winner, a series winner in overtime to end the 49-year drought that the Hawks have had. And to start one of the greatest hockey decades ever. Yeah. Or one of the greatest hockey dynasties ever, at least. Who cares? You know, it wasn't a phenomenal goal. No, it wasn't a great goal. <laughs> So I think not who cares. So not, let me rephrase that. Because again, like you said, it's set in motion everything. But th- it's goal of the decade. It's the best it's the most significant goal of the decade. Yeah. How about a, a goalie goal for goal of the decade? Come on. Or yeah. one of McDavid's patented like through the legs, top shelf, just made you look stupid. Ovechkin, I, what comes to mind is Ovechkin in the white jersey. That that was laying on his back. It was in 07 or something, but that's that's the best goal I've that's ever seen. Goal of the, that's goal that's of his goal career. Of that's goal of his career until the one against the Islanders where he's falling down with one arm, roofs it. It's basically the same glove thing, side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not really. But. Well, the other one, he does a 360 on his back <laughs> and like, like basically does a shovel motion and just. Slingshots the the puck around his body into the net. Goal of the decade, Eric Fair against the Bruins. Like 2013, he's falling down between two guys yep. and just like roofs mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many goals, and this one doesn't even come to mind so when I think the of most, it. Yeah, like I said, it's the most significant goal of the decade, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But even Alec Martinez was a two-on-one, like he, he put a good shot on it. Like he actually scored a skillful goal there. It's like the anybody, one, the one anybody to end, who can lift the puck six inches off the ice can score. This. Are you talking about Alec Martinez in 14 to win the cup? Yes. No, that was not a skillful goal. He had to put the puck in the net. It was a two-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> well, got, so did Patrick Kane. He got a great feed, and I don't even know who feed. No, fed. it was off a juicy rebound, and the net was oh, wide that's right, that's open. Right. No, it was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Jeez. It was a two-on-one, though, so I was right about that. Uh, but Patrick Kane's goal, that, that like we're talking about all these goals that were just phenomenal mm-hmm. his goal didn't even come to mind no. like no offense I love no. Patrick Kane yeah. but like the one he had last night was better but all I remember about that is just the arena's silent he's sprinting up the ice and he's the only guy on the ice and knows the Bucks it yeah. and he's just celebrating I remember watching and I was like Patrick what are you doing <laughs> let me find gosh now I need to find this thing even Doc like I feel bad for Doc because he has all these iconic calls 
He's just like, oh, and what's happened? <laughs> like, he has no idea what to say. He's like, and I guess it went in. It's like, what a terrible position for that guy to be in. I'm trying to find this. Like uh, I'm trying to find this comment of this guy that was like just trashing this Patrick Kane goal. <laughs> now I can't find it, but he had like a really good point. Uh, oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, yeah, that shouldn't be goal of the decade. Uh, so the last one will come out on Friday. They're going to release the first and second team of the decade, which we're really excited for that. We don't really know like the format of that, but we wanted to make our own teams of the decade and send them out to you guys, and obviously y'all can make them on Twitter as well. And yeah, definitely, us. definitely add us of your your team of the decade. We're and we're not doing like four lines or no, we're doing. Like they do it in all NBA, we're doing a left wing, a center, a right wing, two defensemen, and a goalie. So starting six yeah. is how I pretty much put it. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. All right, we'll just we'll go down positions and we'll name each. So it's not like okay. so. Who's your left wing? Left wing, Alex Ovechkin. Okay, we're on the same page with that. And I said before the podcast that I have a feeling our forwards are going to be the same because they work out so well. I think the the three best forwards of the decade each played a position that. Like a different position. Yeah. So okay. is a righty that plays on the left wing because of his shot. And he's the greatest shooter. That's a shoot time. from the inside. So, yeah. And S- one timers. Center is Sidney Crosby. Yep. Right? Okay. <laughs> well, and right wing is Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. Okay. So <laughs> we're three for three on forwards, which I I do want to have. I have so much beef with NBC that they, an- they announced their top 10 players of the decade, and Patrick Kane wasn't even in the top 10. I remember that, and I have no idea what they were thinking. Like, Malkin's ahead of him. McDavid, which he's phenomenal, but of the decade? He's only been the last four years. Four years. Huh. Yeah. No, that's stupid. I didn't even put that in. Patrick Kane's that. the best player on the franchise of the decade, and he's not top you ten. You could easily make an argument that he's the best player of the decade, and he's not even on your list. Not even I don't on think top he 10. is, but that argument can be made. Yeah, for sure. He's the only American-born player to win the Art Ross ever. Mm-hmm. Won an MVP. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Scored the worst goal of all time. That's the goal of the decade. <laughs> Still. Yeah. All, all right. right. Defenseman, I have Drew Doughty and Duncan Keith. You son of a Those are your person. Two? I have Duncan Keith and Eric Carlson. Okay, that's not bad. Eric Carlson, I know you're not a fan of him, but, again, I told you before the show, starting six, like, how I approached it was, who do I want out on the ice? If it's the start of overtime, game seven in the mm-hmm. playoffs, and Eric Carlson played thirty-two, he averaged thirty-two minutes when the Senators went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that's a guy I want out there, mm. and especially Duncan Keith. Yeah. He was the backbone of that franchise of the decade. All right, and who's your goalie? I keep going back and forth yeah, on this. I had, and I had it's trouble deciding. Me mad. I had trouble deciding too. It has to be Carey Price. Yeah. Right? That's what I did, too. Okay. And it's it's so hard because he hasn't won anything in his entire career because his teams have never been that great. But he has been so good. There's a reason he makes, what, $11 million a year? Yeah. There's a reason he has a gold medal. He played every single game in the Olympics. When he – and I I've, I've tell this to everybody I come across. When he's healthy – it's not even close. No. He's the best goalie in the yeah, world. He's one of the best ever. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
No. I'm glad no. we're on the same page. Who so, else? Who else were you thinking about? I want to hear it. My first thought was Holpe, but then he's so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Rask has been consistent lately, but his the knock on him of all time, like for his whole career, has been inconsistency. I was thinking Tim Thomas, but that was kind of like the earlier well, part of the decade, 2013. Yeah. yeah, so so it has to be Gary Price. Yeah. Another one is Andre Fleury. Mark Andre Fleury. Andre Fleury is his last name. No, his first name is Mark Andre. Mark Andre Fleury, same thing. <laughs> yeah, Mark. I Andre get the Fleury. hyphen mixed up. Yeah. Anyway, Mark Andre <laughs> Fleury. Yeah, uh, it, has have, he not been consistent? To, yeah, you have to consider it. Yeah, because he won that first cup with the with the Penguins in the oh nine on the back. Yeah, didn't he win the? Wasn't he the starter on the first one too? And, and then, he got hurt. Yeah. And then Murray got hurt, and he came in in relief in six seventeen. Yeah, the, the second one of the back to back. Yep, and then. The next year took Vegas to the finals. Mm-hmm. Which, all-time bad decision, them protecting Murray and not Flurry, seeing how the two of them have played afterwards. Well, you got to protect the young guy. Yeah, you do. Yeah, so hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but... Yeah, if, the young guy you, who just won you a cup. If you pick right now, the, the decision's obvious. Oh, yeah. They're going to take Flurry. But, yeah, at the time, yeah, you can't blame him for that. But it, it's tough, and that's why I was talking about Seattle, and we're not going to get into this today. But it's going to be tough for them to repeat anything like that because I do think that Vegas caught lightning in a bottle. The first like incident that set that all in motion was being that you have this elite, one of the top 15 goalies in the league who is available because a team just has a predicament where they have one guy who they're really high on. Yeah, And I don't, I don't think it's possible that that happens again in the right year in two years from now or one year from now when they do the draft. Yeah, so, so he's we'll definitely see. We'll see. he's definitely up there for goalie of the decade, but it's got to be. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know anything about hockey, you wouldn't think Carey Price because, like you said, he hasn't won anything. Yeah, you don't know anything about but, it other than a gold medal. But, gosh. Other than t- I love watching two, him play. Two gold medals, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. The race for the Rocket Richard Trophy it's is, getting interesting. is now heating up. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we thought Pasta, they should pretty much give it to him. But So, David Pasternak still leads the league with 37 goals, which is still impressive. In 51 games, 37 goals, that's still mm-hmm. awesome because mm-hmm. he could reach 60. Yeah, I hope he does. Austin Matthews. And Alex Ovechkin are now tied with 34 goals there in second, and Nathan McKinnon is in third with 30. Uh, let's just point out... You'd be dumb to rule any of those four guys out at this point. Yeah. yeah. McKinnon was my preseason heart. I don't know if he his numbers are up to that. Which is not a knock on him at all. Because no, 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 It's no. just based on how well everyone else has played. He's... he's I'm not saying like he deserves the heart this year. He probably isn't going to get it because other people deserve it more. Than yeah, him. and that's what I'm saying is like his numbers aren't up there, uh-huh. but he's the best player like I on that so. Avs team. Yeah. It's not even close. Uh, Ovechkin was at 28 at the start of last week, and he scored eight goals in three games, uh, first star of the week. Mm-hmm. So to the Caps GM Brian McClellan, Ovi's not done. So, let's uh, re-sign him. And the those two hat tricks in one week 
set in the to motion or not into motion, but it brought up all these discussions about whether eight hundred and ninety four is in play. Yeah, which is Wayne Gretzky's number. So he's at he's two hundred and two away. Because we talk about this every time we see each other, pretty much, but. Well, like, it's not really a discussion. Obviously, people talk about it here and now, here and then, but, uh, yeah, these him scoring this many goals in a week, eight goals in three games, was probably over a little over than a week, but, yeah, that's like. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Think, I'm getting goosebumps think. thinking about him catching Gretzky. It definitely makes you think that he can do it. Well, so he's two. What I saw was he's 202 away. Which is ironic because that's the area code for DC. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And maybe, that maybe he never scores a goal again. No, <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> and that so he's tenth all time right now, and that would put him eight away from the seven hundred club, which mm-hmm. is a milestone in itself. Was it nine guys or something? Uh, look up the top yeah. ten goal scores. So. Like, 10 through 7, because you brought it up, like, 10 through 7 on the list are, like, bunched up. So he could be 7th all-time by the end of the season. Right. It Even before, like, they were all bunched up, these people that he's passed. So he passed Timu Solani for 10th all-time, I think. So he's at 692 right now. He's tied with Steve Eisenman, and he's two away from Mark Messier for 8 on the list. Yeah. Um, they have him in ninth right now just because he's active, but he's really tied for 10th. With who? Eisenman? Yeah, actually, no. It, they sorted by games played. That's why he's That's why he's here on the list. But That's why he's higher than him on the list. But, yeah, that... Uh, what did he start the year at? Probably below... So he's at 34 right now, so just... If you can do quick math. I don't want to. <laughs> he's at 34 right now? Yeah. So that's 668 if I'm doing that right. Maybe 658. What is he at right now? 692? Yeah. Minus 34? Mm-hmm. 658. 658. So he's passed. He was 13 behind Luke Robitaille, and he's passed Luke Robitaille, Timu Solani, Mario Lemieux, and now Steve Eisenman. Or he will pass Steve Eisenman with his next goal. Yeah. He's passed all of them this year. And Messier is only two above him. And then Mike Gardner is at 708. That's. You're killing 14, me. 14. 16. No, it's not. It's 14. 708. He's at 892. So 8 plus 8. 16. So he's, Jesus. <laughs> well, 16 will put him at 50. Yeah. For this season. So that'd be tough. But realistically, he can put himself in sole possession of 7th. Right? I was... Okay, so we were both right. I was saying how many goals he is above Mark Messier. Not above Alex. That's not what you were I saying. Was. I was. <laughs> anyway, eight or six ninety two. He needs eight ninety four. I, he'll get it. He'll get it. And you nobody. Think you think he'll pass Gardner this year? Is he going to score fifty one? So we have forty nine games played, and he has thirty four. So what's that? The math would say yes. Thirty three in thirty three games. He needs sixteen. <laughs> For, he just scored eight in three games. Yeah, yeah he'll I, score I 50. I hope he does. I, he'll score I hope 50. He gets there, which would leave him Phil Esposito, Marcel Dion, Brett Hull, Yaramir Yager. Scroll up. Gordy Howe, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, man. 
that list alone is giving mm-hmm. me chills. There's only two guys in the 800 club. Let's talk about that. You think he gets there for sure? Yes. That's 108 goals. Yeah. Which is... Say we sign him for five more years. That's probably two more seasons after this if he continues at the pace because that would be like 46 If he gets to 800 within two seasons, he's catching Gretzky. He has to. That's five 20-goal seasons. Play, uh, we say this a lot. Play till after you're 90. That, after that, play eight more seasons and score 10 goals a year. Yeah, that's all you need. Or 10 seasons, 10 goals a year. Yeah, I hope. So be- what you're saying, if he if he keeps the pace he's on, he's going to catch Gretzky. But well, depending on how many more years he plays, and that's what. I'm, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he we'll he's already said in an interview if he catches Gretzky, he's retiring that night. That'd be awesome. Can you imagine if he just literally takes off his skates on the bench after? He scores? Yeah, game thirty two <laughs> of twenty twenty six. <laughs> he scores eight ninety five. He's done. I just imagine him leaving all his gear on the ice, like after he scores. He just no, at that sits point, on the ice and starts. You're at eight ninety five. At that point, get the nine hundred. Be the only nine hundred. Yeah, ev- and nobody will ever catch him. No, no. Well, more goals are being scored now than have been in the past twenty years, but definitely not as many then. So yeah, but nobody's won. No, I don't think anybody. Not ever. what eight Rocket Richards most ever. <laughs> no, I don't. Nobody will be close. In fact, the only other... Come on, Ovi. Ovi, if you're listening, we're all supporting you. The next active guy is in 27th, and it's Patrick Marlowe. And good Lord, he's 46. Yeah, that guy's about to die. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) Patrick Marlowe's still playing? Oh, my gosh. I don't think it'll ever be done. Um, Is Patrick Marlowe a Hall of Famer? To be fair... To go on a tangent. To be fair, I think Connor McDavid has more goals in his first four years than... Alex Ovechkin did. He's breaking all records. But I don't think he'll do it. I, I don't. Especially with how fast the game is now. I think if you're talking you about... you got to play 22 years to have And that's a, a conversation a that we can have in 16 years when McDavid's played 20 years. Yeah. Is he the greatest of all time? He like, would Talking be, about yeah. era-wise. Because I've already said it multiple times, and I will die on this hill, that Ovi's the greatest scorer of all time. Yeah, he is. So... But that's era wise, you know, because it's that's tougher. All to, it's tougher to score goals now, and he's doing it. Yeah, like Gordy Howe in the sixties <laughs> was like there was no goalie. No, <laughs> the goalie was just like a a third defenseman standing in front of the goal grease. The Flyers are up like sixteen to one, and Gordy Howe's like, "I was trying to pass. Like I didn't mean to score. I'm sorry. Like I know we're running up the score." Well, if mean. he's playing the Flyers, then Hextall's out there essentially a sweeper keeper. He's just a <laughs> An extra defenseman. Yeah, he's he's shooting from his own zone, and Gordy Howe's <laughs> tipping it in. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, race for Rocket Richard. That was kind of the theme. Who do you think wins it? You still with Pasta? Yeah, I think he is going to do it. Just he, even when he doesn't score goals, he's still creating chances. And I know that's definitely true with the other guys. But just watching Pasta knock the most, I see him have like four or five grade A scoring chances a night. It's crazy the level he's playing on right now. So yeah, I think I think he gets it. I think Ovi wins it. Okay. I didn't think so when he was nine behind, mm-hmm. and then he closed it to he was, three. He was pretty much keeping pace until like twenty five or so, and then he didn't score for a while. Yeah, but Pots and I kept going. And now, and it's always been this way. Every time the Caps on a power play, you're like, "Well, here's another Ovi yeah, goal." He's gonna score. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Somehow the guy sits there. 
He sits there. Let me you look know up, where he's going to shoot from. Let me look up uh, most power play goals all to, of all time. Because yeah, that'll be interesting. He's got to be up there, right? You most have power to play goals. Yes. All time. He's third. How close? He's seven away from Brett Hull and 16 away from. So that he'll get. That he'll get next season, probably. How sick would that be? Yeah. Oh, come on, Ubi. <laughs> yeah. 16 power play goals. He could get that this season. Not realistically, but. Look at Keith Kachuk up there. He's the number one American on that list. Nope, Brett Hull. Brett Hull is American. Whoops. Buddy. He's actually the all-time American scorer. Yeah. Remember that one time we looked it up and it was like, Phil Esposito. I was like, what? <laughs> or who was it? No, it was like, it was, oh man, who did I say? All-time American NHL points. <laughs> <laughs> no, who was it? Phil Housley. Yeah, that's what I said. And we were like, what? <laughs> Phil Housley. He's the highest defenseman though, so. What's crazy is three. Yeah. <laughs> He's not really that close to Brett Hull, though. No. Brett Hull's 1391, Mike Madonna's 1374, and then no one's really close after that. Patrick mm-hmm. Kane's 10th all-time now. American scores. Wow. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Are you sure? Patrick Kane? NBC doesn't think, he's, doesn't think he's top 10. Yeah. Whatever. NBC. <laughs> he's top 10 American scorer all-time, but he's not top 10 in the league this decade. Oh man! The guy won three cups. Yeah, and he was the best player on the team for all three. All cups. three. God, that made me mad. That was so stupid. All right, as we end the show, like we always do, like verbatim what Christian said last week: standings, power rankings, all that good jazz, updates, thoughts. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple of streaks we want to talk about. So Florida's won six in a row. Uh huh. Uh, you have Achara, Achara, Achari he scores. I'm tired. <laughs> Achari scores with three seconds left to beat Wild five four. When was that? That was a couple of nights ago. Okay, and then last night you scored with four seconds left. You you put three three three, three whatever it was. Achara, <laughs> Achara. <laughs> Achara. Oh man! All time losses for the Bruins. Uh, playing Noel Achari for like five years on the fourth line, and then they send him to the Panthers, and he's got 18 goals already. And he's like their best player right now. Yeah, he has three assists, though, so I don't know what he's doing. No, he's not their best player. I'm no, retracting he's not that. Their best player. This month, though, he has been. Alexander Barkov is like one of the best players in the league. What about so. Jonathan Huberdeau? Yeah, he's good, too. He's balling out, too. Yeah, you never think about the guys in Florida. But you're going to have to now because they won six in a row going into the break. So last night they played Chicago, who was also on a five-game win streak. I was texting Eric. Obviously, we talked about he's a Chicago fan, and I was giving him crap like, man, we should just emote Chicago to the AHL. <laughs> and he's like, we're on a five-game win streak. I'm like, not anymore because <laughs> Florida was up 4-1 to one at one point. Yeah. So they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, another streak which nobody saw coming, not even people in Columbus, is that the Blue Jackets won five in a row, and they're also 8-10, and 8-2 and and in their last 10. This is without... Corpusalo, who's having a career year this year. Yeah. His first year as a starter, he's playing awesome. He's not even in. Who's their goalie? I don't know. Probably someone I've never heard of, but yeah. he's 8-2. and two. Yeah. 
Uh, moving on, we'll talk about that in a sec. Tampa, yeah, let me look that up. Tampa is eight and two in their last ten as well. They were on a seven game winning streak, which factors into that eight and two. Uh, I mean, they're picking it up as well. They're challenging the Bruins in the in the East right now. Uh, yeah, and then we'll get into the standings going to the All Star break. But have we got an answer on that? Why do I feel like the guy's last name is Anderson? It's not. It's Merz Merz Lickens. Merz Lickens. Merz Lickens. He's eight and six. Eight, six, and four. Okay. Well, he's obviously not the starter. I don't know. It's not popping up. It still says Corpusalo. It on it NHL.com. It says Merzlikens Gold- does sound familiar. Maybe is Corpusalo starting tonight? Because he's in the goaltender comparisons. Huh. Is he back to Hellybuck? I guess. Yeah. Him and versus Hellybuck. Um, Winnipeg's on a skid. They're like on a four-game losing streak. So good for them because I usually bet on Winnipeg. There's no way he's back tonight because on New Year's Eve he was out four to six weeks. Huh? That would be four around ago. four weeks. Three weeks ago. So anyway, who cares? Whoever's playing in net, he's doing. I think well. it's Mer- Merzlikens. That does sound familiar. okay. So yeah, he's playing well. All right. Um, also playing well, which is kind of no surprise if you've been keeping up with the podcast. Tampa's eight and two in their last ten. They might win this division. They might. They're at 62 points right now, which is eight back, but they got three games in hand. Yeah. It seems like everyone has a game in hand on Boston because we have two games in hand. They have, yeah, they have the best goal differential in the league at plus 38. They're going to do what they do again. They might win the President's Trophy. That's not going to happen. How do you know? (laughs) Let's bet on it right now on the air. So every all... You should put money on that. I'm not even kidding. All two listeners. Because they're not. What are you talking about? You should. You should. No, I'm not putting money. <laughs> they're nine points back of Washington right now and obviously playing their best hockey of the year. Good thing I didn't put money on PK Subban to win the Norris, huh? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can't believe that I got outnumbered in PK Subban picks two to one on the hockey show. And now, like. There's not a single team in the league that would take PK Subban right now. <laughs> no, that's and not I true. Said at that's the time, not true. I you, said at the time that he's going to have an awful year because he's your wording is horrible. There's not a team in the league that would take PK Subban's contract. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he comes with his baggage. Well, he's been playing better. Well, I love how you just want to shout out my bad picks, like you didn't say. The Blues were going to lead the division for one day, and they've been the best team in the West well, yeah, for 12 weeks now. I said the Rangers would win the Metropolitan. So. Well, I said the Devils, so, you know. <laughs> okay, that's worse. <laughs> and, we, <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about before the show how the Devils should probably just go to the AHL. Yeah, they probably should. Them, them and Detroit, loser AHL, Tucson Roadrunners come up to the league. All right. Because the Roadrunners are good. All right, uh, going into the All-Star break, Capitals first in the league, 71 points, and Boston Bruins nipping at their heels second in the league with 70 points, but the yeah. Capitals have two games in hand. Yeah, Boston was owed games almost the whole year, and then this last month they played a really tough schedule. Yeah, I remember you were saying Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back, off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, back-to-back. Yeah, well, it was Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday to end the season. I mean, to end the half. 
That's great. Which is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So they, they need the break. Tuka Rask, I think, is close to getting back with a concussion. It wasn't as bad as they originally thought. So did you ever figure out if the concussion, him missing games, plays into the suspension? No, I didn't figure it out because he announced that he was going to skip, but I think it only goes into effect when you're not there on like, the award, the ceremony or whatever the night before. Like when everybody shows up and you're not there. I think. So you're saying Ovi should have faked an injury. No, because they have to find a replacement, though. So I wonder when the cutoff to, like, RSVP or whatever it is. I wonder when that well, is. Well, good thing Dylan Larkin didn't get voted in. Oh, God, I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate him now. I hate him. Because well, he's so bad. So we get to, like, pick which game he's suspended for, like Ovi. Yeah. And he chose the one after. So Monday night against Montreal, he's skipping, which, thank God, because we went down – we went down 4-1 to the Islanders on Saturday and came back and won 6-4. Mm-hmm. So, behind two goals from Ode. Right. So, I'm glad he didn't skip that one. Which, ha-ha, Barry Trotz. <laughs> we beat you in Nassau. Yeah. Any Anybody else in the standings that is either not doing it for you or shocking you? Uh, yeah, why don't we do both? Shocking me right Not shocking, but someone making a run is Pittsburgh. They're playing great right now. They're seven and three in their last ten. Uh, they are. Let's see here. Yeah, but they're only the, four points back of Washington right now. We have a game in hand, so take it easy. One. But <laughs> <laughs> they have one game in hand. Well, the battle of Pennsylvania last night—they got smoked. Only nineteen shots on goal, and they didn't even score. So, kind of hot with the shutout. That's right. Yeah, um, I I would agree with that. Pittsburgh. With all their injuries, I did not expect them to be playing well. Yeah. The biggest shock, and we just talked about them, is Columbus. They have somehow found themselves in a wild card spot, which is unbelievable to me. Yeah. Team that not doing it for me that I thought would. Uh, let's see. Because at the beginning of the season, I thought Winnipeg would be better than they are. They're fine, but, like, they're not great. Buffalo. Huge fall from grace for Buffalo. Yeah. That that stinks. It's tough to watch. So another team that's shocking me in a good way is the Blackhawks. Because we kinda yeah. we wrote them off for sure, and they're only three points out of the wild card spot. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Kane is playing unbelievable. He he's up there for a heart conversation, or at least he should be, top ten in points. So yeah. And then underwhelming Winnipeg for sure because I I picked them to finish in the playoffs. Toronto they went on a m- massive run and now mm-hmm. they're they're dying out. They they're finding themselves three points out of the playoffs. So I I think they'll find a way because this Florida team. I think this Florida team's going to turn into Florida, but yeah, we've been saying that for a while and they're still playing great. But I I, I do still believe that they will turn into Florida again. So. You, uh, another team that's surprisingly bad is San Jose. After they fired their coach, they have only gotten worse. Yeah, they have the worst goal differential in the West. Minus, Minus 37. 37. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Not playing great lately. So did you, expect, did you expect at all, say I told you at the beginning of the season, that all three California teams would be at the bottom of the West? No. Well, two of them would be. Two of them for sure. Two of them would be believable. Yeah. 
But yeah, San Jose, you always have to count them in, and this year you can almost count them out at this point. That being said, they're only 11 points back, but the West is spreading out at least a little bit more at the bottom. At the top, it's still airtight. Because Vancouver is now first in the Pacific after being out of the playoff picture like a week ago. <laughs> or two weeks ago, we we were talking about, like, wow, they're not great. And then they went on a seven-game win streak. Yeah. And, and then, then was ended <laughs> yeah. then nine, to two. nine to two. To, that's just because the Eastern Conference is better. But now they're oh, first. Sure. Now they're first. And Quinn Hughes, who's leading their scoring, I think, is in the All-Star game. That guy's electric to watch. Jack yeah. Hughes' older brother, but not that much older. He's still super young. Well, Jack Hughes is a stud himself. He just needs to get out of New Jersey. Calgary, they have a minus 12 goal differential, and they're in third in the Pacific. Yeah, I noticed that. I also noticed that Nashville's the only team out of the playoffs with plus. They're plus two. The Pacific is garbage. Listen to all these teams that are in the Pacific. That Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Arizona, Vegas. Uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Arizona, Vegas all have 57 points. They're all in the Pacific. So technically there's a four-way tie for second place in the Pacific. And the Central, their top teams are better, but then they don't have, I mean, Winnipeg, I guess, is at 54 points, and so is Chicago. But, like, they're not much better either. The West is just not good this year. Yeah. They have way less points. And, again, I mentioned this a lot. Maybe maybe they're beating up on each other. I do want to talk about that Detroit might break the record for goal differential. I'm going to look that up before <laughs> we head out. Because they have a <laughs> minus 88 goal differential. Something that always makes me laugh. 50 games in. Something that always makes me laugh towards the end of the season. And it, it's perfect because it falls right around the Masters for real. But at the end of the regular season, Mike Commodore on Twitter will start counting the worst players as far as plus minus. Oh, of course. We have the record. The Capitals, 74-75. <laughs> minus oh, 264. Yeah, yeah. Yo, oh. no one's going to catch that ever. Wow. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Minus two sixty five, and that was an eighty game season then. So basically, <laughs> we averaged over three goals a game against. Uh, yeah, how can we win? No, yeah, on average, you lost by three goals. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's so but bad. Yeah, to finish my point, <laughs> my Commodore will find the worst, like the the least, the worst goal different or least uh, plus minus. For individual players in the league, and he'll give away what he calls the green jacket yeah. for, like, the guy who's most under par. I always think that's funny. But, yeah, we'll keep track of that. Fewest wins, De- Washington Capitals. For Detroit, yeah. In an 80-game season. What, like 11 or something? Eight. Eight. Wow. And they played 80 games that year? Yeah. I wonder why they do 82. I don't know. Probably something with how many games they want to play in division. And that or just on par with basketball? Yeah. I guess something to do with the arenas. No, 164 is... Or no, actually, they do 162. That always makes me mad. That's baseball, buddy. No, I know. I'm thinking about baseball. Oh. But, like, that... that does that make you mad? Stuff like that? Because it, it could just be double. It could just be 160. No, it could just be 164 and be double hockey. And, yeah, and but why, though? It has nothing to... They don't, be, like, whereas cool. basketball and hockey, they play in the same arena. It's kind of like my yeah. I guess that makes sense. Like scheduling conflict, but still, it's so close. Like just do, you know. No, one sixty four. They need to just go to like. They can't do it now. They, they should, just need to go to like sixteen like games. They should be like ninety. No, games. It should be like forty. 
Baseball's so boring. <laughs> this should right. be five innings long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything, anything else you got, buddy? No, that's all I got. All right. Uh, the, yeah, why don't we shout out at uh, Good Goal Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, yep. Podcast at gmail.com. We need to do that before the show because I guarantee, like, one person's listening right now. <laughs> also... Clemson hockey team, did they go one and one this weekend? They did. Okay, one. They went and one. one and one. Thought they could have won the second game. They should have, yeah. but they went down four nothing. So to just even go into a oh, shootout. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yes. So they went down four nothing to Tennessee and they then forced to a shootout. shootout. Oh, so, so they went one zero oh and one this weekend. Yes. So that's a lot yeah. better. Sorry, sorry. Three yeah, points out of a weekend. That's that's good. especially with a team that <laughs> hadn't won any games. Awful. So awful. So this Friday. They play Georgia, which is a great team. They play them at home. That's me and Matt's first game on the call, or at least my first game as color and Matt's first game as play-by-play. Play play. We're going to do live radio, and the uh, video will be posted several days later, synced to the audio. So mm-hmm. big things. Yeah, big things. Uh, check us out, CU Tiger Vision on Facebook. Also, we got the hockey show returning. We're going to bring on someone from the Clemson hockey team, talk a little bit of hockey, so it'll be fun. Yeah, so stay tuned for all that. Other than that, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for following along. Peace.